Okay, everybody, you can have a seat for a moment. Thank you, Lincoln. Thank you guys. We look forward to having them back in a little while after we have lunch together. So you can have a seat and you want to grab those message notes. And I put, filled all the blanks in for you to so make it a little easier today. Without the screens, I have no way to do that uh, and what we're normally doing. And so I uh, just want to thank you all for being here today. And as we said earlier, Twin Cities began in a home filled with some of the most dedicated and faith-filled people that I know. Six families gathered together in a living room and they asked God, they said, God, what would you want us to do? How would you want us to respond to what we're seeing in the church world where the church seems to be for insiders instead of outsiders? What would you have us to do? And they felt that God called them to start a church. He called them to start a church that would have as its primary focus those outside the church. See, most churches exist for who? Those inside the church. But God said, no, I want a church in this community in Western Nevada County fully engaged, fully engaged to draw those outside of my family into my family so they can be part of my heavenly family and be in eternity with me in heaven. And those six families, they took up that call and Twin Cities Church was born. Now, as I've been reflecting on 20 years of doing ministry together with those families and then many of you as well, I just say this, folks, you don't build a church who's concerned for those outside of the church without people who are willing to sacrifice and sometimes sacrifice a lot. You are givers, you're servants. See, you've been willing for 20 years to give up your comfort and your rights so that other people can have the right to be in heaven, the right to be there with God. And we said from the very beginning, as we've talked about our church, one of our first times we got together as we were in those living rooms and we were talking about our values, we said that Twin Cities would be a safe place to hear a dangerous message. And that's what we believe it is. It's not a place to hear a watered down message, as some people might say, a safe place to hear a dangerous message. That we would creatively and passionately and strategically speak to culture. And we would draw people who were just like us at one point, far away from God, to God because of our efforts to reach out with him. And for 20 years, we've been doing that. For 20 years, we've been trying to do everything we can to make sure that when you come to church and you're involved in Twin Cities Church, that that same church has an impact in your life on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and throughout the week as we live together. We've been working hard to do that. We've been working hard that, to be a church that always, always accepts people right where they are, as they are. Ho! You know, we can keep doing that all day. That'd be cool, right? Uh, make me jump a little bit. We said that Twin Cities would be a place for the broken and the hurting, for people who aren't perfect, a place we all need, because we're all like that. Over 20 years, we've done church together just like this. And as I shared with you in March, 
over 3,500 people now have said yes to Jesus Christ because we were concerned with outsiders. Ah, it's just amazing. It's amazing. So if you see on the right side, there's our mission statement. It says, we are leading people to know God and follow Jesus. It's that simple. To know God and follow Jesus as his disciples. Underneath that says that we will glorify God. In other words, we will worship him passionately. We will gather together in big gatherings and in smaller gatherings to connect with his church. We will grow in our faith. We will become disciples, followers, learners. We will grow in our faith so that we can become like his son, be like him. We will give of ourselves, both with our resources financially, our talents, our gifts, so that other people can come to know him because of what we do. And we will go. We will go and share Jesus with our world and we will reach out with his love relentlessly. Now, if you look on the... Right on the top of that, I give you some thoughts about what does it mean for our D3 vision for the next decade. See, as we meet together today, what I want to say right up front, I prayed this earlier, is it's my firm belief and the firm belief of the people and the core of our church that God is not finished with us yet. You sometimes you think, oh yeah, Ron, look at what God's done over 20 years. Look at the size of this place in little bitty old Grass Valley, Nevada County. Surely this is too big. Surely that there's not another way, not more things we can do to reach people. And what I want to say is, is that we will continue to be concerned about outsiders as long as there's still one outsider left that doesn't know Jesus Christ. And that's when we're finished. That's when we're done. See, I believe that God wants to continue to use us through the power of his Holy Spirit to continue to impact our world in dynamic ways. And that we, this is cool, let's think about this. We've done a lot of wonderful things in 20 years that we will look back and that history will record that the next decade is our best decade, the best decade of reaching people for Christ with him. And so I have two questions I want to ask this morning of every one of us, two questions. First question, are you open? Are you open to God's desire to use you personally to impact the world? Are you open to that, your desire? And then two, I'm going to ask, are you open to God's desire to impact you as we do it together? I think you are. I think you are. And you're going to reverse those because as we're impacted by him, then we're going to be fired up to impact our world for him and through him. Now, God's made several promises in his word, and uh, we've relied on several throughout the years. I put one there at the top of your notes. It's Psalm 73. Uh, this, these verses that I'm going to read in just a minute, they are the verses that Kimberly and I held on to as I walked through my treatment for hepatitis C that has just ended, and as she walked through her treatment for Lyme disease that has just ended, these are the verses that God gave us that gave us strength as we walk through this very difficult season. And I just want you all to know that both of our diseases today are undetectable. It's just something to celebrate, and I thank you so much for your prayers. But this is what the psalmist is writing, talking, it's in a dark time, and says this, I still belong to you, you hold my right hand. 
you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. It's personal. It says, I still belong to you. No matter what life brings, no matter what is happening with me, I know that you are with me and you're not only with me, but you have my right hand. And when I stumble, when I want to fall, you hold me up, but it's not just to hold me up. You're taking me by my right hand and you're leading me forward and you give me your counsel and you give me your wisdom. I'm never without you. And you are leading me forward to this glorious destiny that I can't even imagine. Do you believe that's possible for you? You believe that's possible for our church? I think we do. And we allowed God to do that for us. And I want to ask as a church that we would allow God to do that with us as well, to lead us forward into a glorious destiny, our D3 decade of destiny. The last time I got to speak outdoors to our church was at a groundbreaking ceremony on September 14th of 2003. And I just want to ask, if you were there Stand up with me. Stand up. You were there that day. Just stand. Everybody stand up who was there on that day. Wow. Thank you so much. You are the faithful ones. You were there. You helped break the ground, and you helped us do everything that God's doing since then. Thank you so much. Well, we dreamed that day of what God would do with that facility that we were able to build as we built a tool that he would use to open up lives, transform lives, and allow us to have this tool so that we could serve him and his kingdom. A place, it's a place, not that we go to, but a place that we go out from to impact his kingdom, and we do it together. And you know, I've been thinking a lot about this. I feel such a strong sense of responsibility and the stewardship over what God has given us. God has given us resources. He continues to give us resources. As the Bible says, God searches throughout the land and he's on search mode and he's searching for those whose hearts are fully devoted, fully committed, sold out to him so that he can what? So he can bless them. So he can bless them with resources so that we can love and care for those who aren't part of his family. Not so that we can get fat and sassy. Some of us need to think about that a little bit, okay. But we can care for those who are outside of his family. And if we're gonna do that, I wanna give you three things we're gonna focus on. That's all I'm gonna do, three things. Three things, they're right at the top on the right hand of your notes. You're gonna say, well, Ron, what about the rest of your outline? Well, we'll use that another day. Or if you're in a community group, you can use that for your homework this week. But here we go. We must do three things. We must encounter God together. We must encounter him together. We must love God. We must pursue him, as we just sang about a little while ago, with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. With everything we are, we must be a people who relentlessly pursue him. Relentlessly say that God I, without you, I will not go on, as Moses said to God in the wilderness. Without you, God, I won't go on. We need you. We are desperate for you. And I just want to know, as we go forward, that I'm not sure that Twin Cities Church is desperate enough for God yet. I know in my life, there are times when I falter, I'm not as strong 
in my personal devotions, in my time I set aside with him? Am I passionate enough to pray as a man this week I was talking to 94 years old who had to go to the doctor because his knees were swelling because he prayed too much? Prayed so much, I mean. 94 years old, he went to the doctor, they had to drain his knees because he was on his knees continuously praying to God that God would break through and God would win people to Jesus Christ. I was so amazed by this man as I got to be with him and his passion for him. Do we have that kind of passion? Are we willing to grow that kind of passion that we would say, God, we want you and we want you first? Well, our church is going to help us to do that. If there's an area where you would say, hey, are the things I'm going to talk about today, that this might be a weak area, right up front, I'll say, this is a weak spot. We're going to shore this up. The reason I put it first, it's the most important. We're going to shore this up, and we're going to be more devoted to make sure that, yes, we're about outsiders, but if the insiders aren't growing, then they're not going to be concerned about the outsiders. The whole idea is this. In order to love God, in order to love others, I have to first love God I have to first know that God loves me and we want to help every one of us to know how desperately God loves us and how desperate we are for him as we do it together. One of the things we're going to do as part of our 20th anniversary year is in the fall that we're going to engage in another one of our spiritual growth campaigns. If you know, if you've been around for a while, we began these in 2001 when we raised money for our facility. We've done several of these since then, actually three more since then, spiritual growth campaigns, and we're going to offer another one of these in the fall, and many of you already heard about this. You've asked us if we're going to do this, and it's called 40 Days in the Word, 40 Days in the Bible, and we're going to spend 40 days together as we come and we look at what God says to us. How do we know him through the pages of this book? How do we experience him? We're going to do that and experience him together. We're going to work on our life skills seminars and the things that we offer during the week in order to help us to be able to grow. Already changed, already in the last year and a half have changed our teaching styles. You may not even be aware of it, but we've purposefully changed our teaching styles. We want you to bring this with you every time you come to church every time you come, that this is with you so that you're able to write in it yourself and take it home and use it and then for God to help you to reveal to you who he is. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about this. We're going to encounter him. We're going to have opportunities where we worship him in deeper ways as we come together in maturity. Next, we're going to experience community together. We're going to love people. If there's a second area that I think that we're weak in, Believe it or not, as happy as everybody is today, I'm not sure we're good at loving each other. I'm not sure we yet understand what it would be like to look to the people next to me, to talk to them, and not be thinking, I've got to be somewhere really quick. That I have time, that I spend time with other people, that we need to be together so that there are people in our church, and I know your kids' names, I know your grandkids' names, I know your pets' names, even if your cat's not going to heaven, I know its name. <laughs> oh, I had to get that in one more time. But you know what? We need to know each other's hurts and each other's hang-ups so we can know better how to care for each other. In order for our church 
to continue to grow larger. And I'll just say this, I don't think it'll grow larger until we get this down. Until we, our church will grow larger, we must grow smaller first. We must continue to grow smaller to allow people to get into community groups, into affinity groups, into different situations, into mentoring groups where they're able to be drawn together so that for the sole purpose that I know someone else, that I know and I can relate to someone else. We need to link up with other followers of Christ. We need to link up. We need spiritual friendships. We need to link up for Bible study. We need to link up to serve together. We need to link up to pray together. We need to link up so that we can go out into our neighborhoods and influence our neighborhoods together and we get more acquainted and deeper in relationship when we do those things together. So just you know, reflect on that. Another component of our 40 days in the word that we're going to do in the fall is here's what the ask is going to be. We are going to ask every person who calls Twin Cities Church home to get in a small group for 40 days. Oh, that's going to be a, such a mountain, and yet the ask is out. We're going to ask every person who calls Twin Cities Church home to get in a small group for 40 days. You know, Pastor Brett didn't know I was going to say that today, so he's kind of like sweating right now uh, about what that's going to mean, but we're going to ask that. Uh, as far as developing community where we can get together, uh, we're in the process right now of designing the community pavilion, kitchen, barbecue that's going to go in the pad in the front of our building, complete with volleyball courts and other outdoor activities that we can do there so that we can have opportunities to get together, smaller groups of family so that we can know each other and do it together. See, we're not going to be satisfied until every person who calls Twin Cities home gathers together. That's why our affinity ministries, like our empty nesters or our 55 plus, our men, our women, other groups that meet together in affinity, we're asking them, it's great that you're connecting people in your affinity group, but the idea is that you move those people in the affinity group into a community group so that they can know each other and they can relate to one another. That's their purpose, that's their goal. Okay, third thing, we are going to extend compassion together. We're going to extend compassion together. We are going to serve our world. We're going to together serve our world. And I'll just say, this is the real test of our hearts. Up until now, it's been about the insiders. Up until now, it's been about the insiders. And you guys are cheering. You're like, yeah, I want to get closer to God. I want to have kumbaya moments. Oh, yeah, just pour it on, Ron. That's really what I'm looking for. And you're saying that, and you're saying, oh, Ron, I really want relationships. I want more potlucks. I want to get together with my family. Oh, Ron, that's exactly what I'm looking for. But here's where the rubber meets the road for Twin Cities Church. Will we continue to extend compassion together? Will we love those who aren't like us? Will we love those who have absolutely nothing to give back? Will we love the hurting? Will we love the poor? Will we love the prisoners? Will we love the addicts? Will we love the broken, the struggling, the depressed, the hopeless? Will we love everybody? Will we extend compassion to everybody who has a need and not be satisfied until we can extend God's love to them? See, I believe 
that as our generation right now, this is a generation, that our generation will be judged by God someday. And the parable of talents show us the question that God's going to ask. The parable of talents show us that God's going to ask us, what did you do? What did this generation do with the resources I poured out on you? What did you do? And what will we say? Well, here's what I want you to say. And I want to be able to say this to God myself as I'm standing before him. I want to be proud and I want to say, God, here's what we did. We glorified you by fighting for families, fighting for those families who need to have balance, who need to have peace, who need to have stability. We did things like Safe Families, which we just started in order to help the family. God, we are all about the family. We did that. I want to say, God, we learned what it was like to resource the under-resourced. We learned what that was like. I don't think we've gotten that down yet. What do we need to give to those who have nothing to help them have a leg up? We learned what it was like to lift up the broken. We learned what it was like to comfort the grieving. You guys don't know this unless you're in our church during the week or you've had the opportunity to be in one of these services. But one of our strongest compassion ministries right now is our funeral ministry to people who don't go to our church or people who do go to our church who invite all their unchurched lost friends. The Ozos are still outsiders and they get to come in and they're like, oh my, I, I've never been to a service like this. And then we get to talk about Jesus Christ and they're like, well, I think I can go to a church like that. It's just a way that we're helping the grieving. We encourage the discouraged. We want to, I want to say to God, we spoke up for the voiceless. We helped to free the oppressed. We provided relationships for the lonely. We cared for the elderly. And this is a top thing for me right now after Kim and I just went through the deaths of our fathers. And I realize that so many people are reaching the age where a loved one is dying and they're not prepared for that. And we can help them be prepared. We can walk them through the steps they need to take so that they, and they moved out into the, 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 the bureaucracy, that they're able to navigate tough questions and tough things. We can have help them with that so that they're not alone because I know that Kim's mom felt so alone during that season. We can help people in this stage of life. But really what I want to say to God is, God, we kept our focus. We did not lose focus on the fact that you called us in the very beginning to be more concerned with outsiders than insiders. We did not lose that focus in all the time that I was in the lead of Twin Cities Church. So what do we want to do? One, we want to ratchet up what we do globally and locally. Globally, we're currently involved in Mexico with a new mission experience in Mexico. If you want to go on the next trip, October will be the next trip if you want to do that. And then we are involved in Africa, in Uganda. And our next trip to Africa will be in January if you want to go for that. And you know what? We have the privilege today of having Pastor Robert and his wife, Mama Joy, with us from Uganda. We sponsored them. Would you stand up so we can just say thank you for being here? Yeah, thank you so much. We love you. We love getting to serve with you. You guys don't know, but these are folks out on the cutting edges doing ministry 
without resources, loving Jesus, seeing people come to him, crusading for him, and we love getting to partner with them in all they do, and we're so behind them and so committed to this. So say thank you to them just for being here with us today. Isn't that awesome? All the way to Uganda to celebrate our 20th anniversary. <laughs> thank you, guys. Oh, it's awesome to have them here. See, we're also involved in a whole bunch of local community efforts. And so we just need to ask God, who else do you want us to partner with? What other group do you want us to link arms with in our community? The list is too long to list them, to talk about them today. But is there another one, God? Or can we drill deeper down into a place where we already have given ourselves in ministry? We want to begin being more strategic in our initiatives for students and for children and for college age and for young adults and young marrieds and those who have families who are young. We want to be more strategic in drilling down and saying, God, what do you want us to do to reach those people? We want to be more strategic in looking at those who have hurts and hangups and need healing through our Celebrate Recovery ministry and what can happen there. We want to offer more ways that we can share compassion in our nursing homes. We want to look at more ways our community groups can be out in the community serving their neighbors. So once again, our 40 Days in the Word campaign in the fall is going to have a component where we go out together and we serve our community in a huge way collectively as a church family. So we're also asking, part of extending compassion, we're asking God, God, is it time and where would you have Twin Cities Church plant a new church in California? Where would it be, God? Show us the place. Show us the way. Is it time for us to extend ourselves in a way that would reach other people in a new community with a church that's more concerned with outsiders than insiders? Is it time? Another part of our extending God's compassion is that we have to, right now, we have to be thinking that we need to engage and invest in the next generation of leaders. The younger generation, we need to engage and invest in and mentor them because there's going to come a day, as I look around here even today, when we need to hand the baton because we can't carry it any longer. There's going to be a baton passing that we have to do. And if we don't have someone to pass the baton to, once again, we've not been faithful with the resources God gave us. I need to hand the baton someday of being the lead pastor. I made a commitment that I would be here until I'm 70 or as long as you pay me. <laughs> uh, but 70, that's 15 more years. But in the between time, we have to have someone here to hand the baton to who's ready and respected and really knows our DNA so that baton passing happens easily. Well, if you look in that message notes I gave you, there's three, there's several things that we need to do if we're going to stay in Impact Church. I'm not covering this. I'm going to read the bullets and you can look at these later. One is we have to adopt God's agenda and God's agenda is that people would know Jesus Christ, that his kingdom would be expanded. The only way God's kingdom could be expanded if those who are not in his kingdom know him through Jesus Christ. We have to adopt his agenda. We have to avoid all distractions. It's so easy to get distracted, even right now, right? 
out here. It's easy to be distracted even while we're here today, but it's so easy in life and we have to avoid distractions. We have to appropriate God's power. We cannot do this apart from God and his power. We have to ask in faith, believing that God's going to change lives and we have to answer God's call. I'm going to read that verse to you from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. His promise is, if you will submit to me and my authority, I will empower you, as the next verse from Acts says, and you will go out, and you will go out to Jerusalem and Judea, and you will go out to all the nations and the earth, and you will declare my name, and people will know who I am, and they will become part of my kingdom and part of my family. And so what I want to ask today, will you accept that call? Will you accept the call that God's given us to go and make followers, baptizing them, teaching them so that we continue to go throughout the world so that people can know Jesus Christ. That is the call we're called to today. So would you bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we rejoice in you. We rejoice in what you've done in our church, in our church family. We love you, God, so much. I am humbled. I am in awe. That you would take this oaky who wandered way away from you, walked on the dark side for way too long, and you would plant me in California next to a group of faith-filled people and that their faith would inspire a generation to be changed. And Father, I pray today that everybody here, everyone here, everybody here today would be willing to say yes to the call that we will be high impact, that we will make a difference in our world, that we won't allow ourselves to be distracted, that we will seek God's power, doing it in his might, not by what we can do, that we will be people who ask in faith, believing that with God, all things are possible. Where God guides, God provides, and we'll walk with you, Father. And then, Father, may we, as a people, as we do this, glorify your holy name. May there be a day when you look at us and you smile as each one of us come into your kingdom, your heavenly kingdom, and you say to every one of us right now, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, I can't wait to hear that message, that love from you. And Father, I pray that we would stay committed to be a church focused on outsiders before our own comfort and our own desires. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God, we thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you so much.